hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Win Daily Sports Show. My name is Michael Fazil. I got my men here with me. I got C and Ajad. I got gentlemen a little bit richer, still just as nice, still just as adorable. Joel Shrek as well. <laughs> gentlemen, Joel, I guess we have to start with you. How, you. how are you doing today, buddy? Happy Tuesday. I gotta say that was the first time I've been called adorable um, on a on a podcast. So I'm wow. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, <laughs> I'm I apologize. I haven't called you adorable before. That one's on me, man. I'm forgive sorry. It. Forgive it. Forgive see it. it. See how you doing today? I mean, with the last name Shrek, you would think adorable would have mm. you know crossed somebody's mind, but who knows? <laughs> uh, no, I'm good. I'm not seventy thousand dollars richer. Like, um, drop, you know, I'm I'm just recalling that the tweet I sent out like an hour ago, I basically was like, he won 70K again. Well, it's not 70K again, because it was 100K last time. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but the time before that it was 50K, right? Am I wrong there? Okay. That's accurate. And that's all condensed within like a three or four month period, by the way. It's not like we're dating back to like 2019. Oh, you forgot uh, the 100K on basketball. He just like decided to take down a couple, like a giant basketball tournament. That was another 100K, so. Whatever. I can't wait. When we can finally meet in person and do this podcast in person, Joel is going to bring so many Popeye's chicken sandwiches. And I am 100% here. Here I am winning my like $150 Norlander head-to-head bet on Sunday, feeling like rich. And this guy's got, you know, 70K ahead of me. It's crazy. We're happy that Joel's on our side. We're happy he's on our team. You can hang out and chat with him when you want. WindailySports.com backslash chat. Seven free days in the expert Discord chat. You can ask Joel some questions. He gives us a, he gives us showdown plays as we talked about as Joel and I spoke about. If you haven't, make sure to go listen back. Joel pretty much breaks down how he wins all this money in uh, in showdowns. I think he was super transparent, and we appreciate the hell out of him for that. Just listen. Go back and listen. That's really all I have to say. There was a point that I was trying to make. I don't remember what it was. Well, but... let me finish your thought, though, because oh, yeah. I actually took your um, – you guys recorded a 20-minute video on basically – I mean, I don't know how to sum it up, but it wasn't just about lineup construction in, part- in particular to last weekend, but it was also about in general, just how right? to attack you know, the DFS slate, either from a showdown or, or like what tournaments to pick, all that. I actually directed some people that are, that are actually in this space. Um, this one guy, Chris, who I collaborate on with golf, and I'm going to – mess up his last name so i'm not even gonna say it but he's on fox sports philly sometimes w- with us uh by the way with john jansen but um he actually took the time to listen to that 20 minute video and i think it's sort of uh it sort of ratified a lot of the things in terms of his process in terms of how he attacks slates and i think for every subscriber whether it's win daily or otherwise i genuinely think that 20 minutes is really really important to listen to so i'm trying to direct people to our youtube page to to look at it because I think there's a lot of value in it. I appreciate what you guys did yesterday. 100%. Appreciate Joel. It's his time. I do this every night, so it doesn't matter who I talk to. I'm talking to somebody. I was just lucky enough I got Joel twice this week. And I think (laughs) I remember what I was saying. Joel literally gives us not every single play, obviously. He's playing 150 max tournaments. It's difficult to give you every single play, but he'll, he'll give you like... Hey guys, here are the 10 people I'm looking at for showdowns. No one else is really playing those 150s. So yeah, take advantage, guys. WindailySports.com backslash chat. Follow him at DraftMasterFlex. Follow CSC and Ajay myself at Michael Brazil one Guys, we have the Waste Management Phoenix Open. This, this event is iconic. This event is incredible. You you hit a hole in one on 16. You're encouraged to throw beer bottles. Like this is the one event in golf that's different than all the other ones. And as I was telling both of you before, I actually, when I lived in uh, 
Chandler, which is about five minutes down the road, essentially from Scottsdale. I had the opportunity to go to this event. I was there on a day where they broke the record. 150,000 people went there in one day. And I was there for it. Tiger was there. He missed the cut. He still sucked back then. Still kind of sucks now. And just a <laughs> little, little story about this event. I was told this was, you know, I was 22 at the time. Didn't really watch too much golf, just watch the majors. And I was told like, this is the fun one. This is the one where you can go and you can kind of like treat it more like a real sporting event, not like a, you know, a, a quiet golf event. So I was like, this is awesome. So I'm following Ricky Fowler around. I'm screaming at him, telling him how much my grandma loves him. What kind of fucking shot was that, Ricky? You fucking suck. And someone turns to me like, you can't do that. I was like, no, like it's, it's the Phoenix Open. It's the waste management. Like you could just yell at the golfers. They're like, no, you can't do that here. You could do that on 16. You can't do that here. I was like, oh my God. So I almost actually got kicked out of the Waste Management Open screaming at Ricky Fowler. My grandma would be so proud. Um, Wait, go back. Go back. What year was it? Uh, this was 20. Uh, uh, 15 maybe uh, okay a while ago okay yeah this was this was a while ago i was a little younger a little less wise if, if i may um i it was fun though heckling ricky fowler after he like shanks an iron fucking awesome well, fowler, so. what i was gonna say is you know in 2015 ricky fowler was still good at golf and at that time he was actually competing in this tournament uh, and it was, it, you actually may have helped him because he's been really good five years ago now it's a different person we just, no one actually wants to put any money behind ricky fowler these days but back then he was a good play just uh just state farm i think right or all state one of them one of those insurance companies farmers i don't know one of them wants to put their money behind him but that was uh <laughs> spoiler was alert spoiler yeah. alert this might be and we've been doing this, Michael, for a year. Uh, Joel, you joined us about, I'm guessing, six months ago, ballpark. This might be the first time I back Ricky Fowler in DFS, oh. but I haven't decided yet. So it's not okay. officially a spoiler alert. So once we get there, okay. we can talk about it. But uh, Ricky is at least on the radar. And and I would have never said that before. No, that's crazy. S guy already in the chat. What's up, Joe? Um Nice job, Joel. Drinks on you. Well, come on now. I'll, I'll buy him a drink. He buys me Popeyes. I buy him a drink. I think it's only fair. But anyway, my uh, small anecdotes aside, when I was a drunk kid right out of college, again, if you have the opportunity to go, I think they're letting up to 5,000 people in, which just seems embarrassing at that point. Don't let anybody again. I was there 150,000 people there in one day. It was absolutely bonkers. So if you ever get the chance, gentlemen, when everything opens back up, if you haven't already, I highly suggest it. But... We move on. Can, can I say though, Michael? Oh, never mind. We don't. Uh, I actually yeah, yeah. kind of disagree with you. I think so. It's all about perspective, and it's all about relativity, if you will. We go from zero fans to five thousand. Not only do I think we'll feel it as viewers, but I genuinely think the golfer golfers. Listen, it's not going to be a typical yeah. waste management open, obviously. But I think when you go from it's not zero to a hundred, but when you go from like zero to even twenty five miles per hour, it's like there's a difference there, and I genuinely think you are going to see golfers really responding. You know, let, let's, I mean, this is kind of a weird analogy, but like LeBron yesterday, like, you know, some lady, some like idiot gets tossed with her husband. But the point is like that pumped LeBron up. I don't know if you saw his post-game interview there, but like that type of interaction, even though that they were like probably two of a hundred people in the entire mm -hmm. arena, like it mattered to the players. And I actually think this five, 6,000 that are going to be let in, I heard 8,000, I heard 5,000. So I'm not sure what's right, but the point is, that small amount, I think, is going to affect the play in a, in a positive way. 
Yeah, I hope they have more fun with it. Like they kind of can remember the golfers can remember what it was like playing in front of people again. And I think that goes Super Bowl too. We're gonna have we're gonna have our show tomorrow night, um, talking about some of the bets that we like. So it's it's gonna be an interesting one. Joel, anything, uh, any interesting stories from the Waste Management Open over there on your end? Uh, no, I've never been there, unfortunately. Um, but um, I think you know it's interesting. Like this is like that one time. Maybe like the Ryder Cup is kind of in the same vein. Like people get a little rowdy on, on the course, but like. For the most part, it's like usually, you know, golf, very respectful, soft clap. You know, this is like the complete opposite where we're supposed to like people get, get rowdy there. So um, having the 5,000 people, I don't know what that will be like. I don't know if that means like will 5,000 people be yelling at people or will it just be like a couple people in the crowd? And I actually think it might have a bigger effect um, on the tournament than we're thinking. I, I'm with Sia in, in this sense also. Like if you remember last week, we talked about Shoffley a little bit and we were like, hey, like he usually doesn't do well here but maybe he'll be better because, you know, no one's going to be there and he'll feel more like him just playing around like with his friends, less like a professional tournament. Um, well, the opposite of X going to happen this week, right? It's going to feel back like the regular tournament with fans. And um, is that going to affect how people play, right? People are getting comfortable just playing regular golf like they would with their friends. And now it's getting back to a professional environment that that's going to change things a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely will. And I, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm excited to watch it. And hopefully they just put all 5,000 of those fans on 16. Because if we get a hole in one, oh my goodness, that'll be so much fun. But uh, we've spent about 10 minutes here just kind of chit-chatting uh, a little bit. Hey, let's um, let's start breaking it down. John Rom, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, all with odds under 1,000 to win this thing. John Rom taking it home at six plus 625. Uh, obviously, each of those gentlemen are in that 10K, 11K range. We also have Rory and Webb Simpson back. Haven't seen him in a little while. Seal, let's start with you. What do you like him from this top tier range? This one's really tough. Wait, this, I'm so ahead. sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgot to mention that Sia won me and my friends a bunch of money again with the Ryan Palmer first round winner. I, I apologize. So I'm very excited for the end of the show where we get more first round winners because my bankroll is kind of banking on it now, which is a problem. I know that's the problem. I've been losing a lot of bets. And the only thing keeping me afloat is Sia and his incredible golf pick. So wait till the end. It's going to be a lot of fun. I apologize. Anyway, see, oh, one more. I'll, I'll add to that because if there was, if for those of you who follow us weekly, um, if there's only some show that told you months ago that Ryan Palmer's price is going to be adjusted, he is too good at golf to keep being that price. What's now happened? Now this is a full field with all the top names, and Ryan Palmer is a nine thousand price. So Whoa. I'm just saying, you know, if somebody would have told you that six months ago, maybe uh, listen. You could have listened. All right. Anyway, yeah, now I'm actually the, back. Okay, never mind. Okay, so for the record, it's back to back first round leader picks. So yes. like I'm going for three and an outright, which is, which is crazy. Yeah, an outright with Siwoo first Kim. Round, outright. First round. Let's finally get into it though. So yes. there are there are so few arguments you can make against any of the guys, any of these guys. Honestly, the one you can make the biggest argument for is the guy who crashed and burned again on Sunday, which is Roy McElroy. And and interestingly, if I'm looking at his you know, projected ownership, I thought it would probably be. 5% lower than some of these guys, just because, you know, at this point, I think people are going to lean towards Rom, Xander, Justin Thomas, Webb Simpson, but he's right in line with these guys. All these guys are about three percentage points off. So I think my larger point there is don't worry about ownership when it comes to this elite tier. You're either going to take a guy here or you're not, but most people are going to take a guy here and, and they're all kind of in the same boat from an ownership standpoint. Just, just take the guy you like at this point, unless Steven's article comes out tomorrow and we see a huge disparity, then you can try to play some game theory there. If you want the two guys I like the most here are John Rahm and Xander Shoffley. I don't want to get 
too much into recency bias because I know we just saw them and they were both really good. But Xander really impressed me last week in particular. First of all, John Rahm did too. He kind of faded down the stretch, but I think he was going flag hunting for the most part. His game looks really good. He went to Arizona State, so this is kind of like a home course for him. As far as Xander is concerned, don't forget, last week, it was his home course, but he had missed four out of five cuts at that home course. And day one and day two, he wasn't very good. He struggled just to make the cut. He barely made the cut. And then he grinds on Saturday and grinds on Sunday to a second place finish. Like, that's the type of thing I like to see where I'm like, oh, man, like this guy, this guy really can like grind through a tournament and just somehow, you know, sleep his way to second place. I think this guy is like primed to win a tournament. And I think they're appropriately tiered John Rahm, then Xander Shoffley. I don't like what I've seen from Justin Thomas lately, even though he's obviously like a great player. He missed the cut last week. You know, he's dealing with some quote off the field or off the course issues with that hot mic issue he had a few weeks ago. And, you know, now you add he missed a cut last week and he has to travel back from Abu Dhabi, which is like an 18 hour in the air flight. Like, you know, I'm just I'm just adding up sort of narratives here, but it's a reason for me to maybe really slide off of him. Um, no Roy for me. And Webb Simpson is a fine play. I just I can't have all these guys. So give me John Rahm and Xander. I love it. I love it. I love it. Joel, talk to me about this top tier range. Who are you targeting? Yeah, I think from a mentality build standpoint, I'm with Zia, right? This seems like a pretty obvious. You're going to have to have the minimal one of these guys. If you can get two, great. Like, it feels like you're going to get uh, one top five in the top tier, if not two of them. So I think um, the the two that stand out the most to me in the top range are Rama and Thomas. So they'll probably be my highest exposure. But a lot of these guys are – they're all pretty close. Like, I, I wouldn't be upset with anyone for playing Shoffley at all. Even if you want to go to Rory, his form seems to be good. I wouldn't be – I mean, Rory hasn't really played here, which is weird, right, because I don't really have much course history for him, but um, he's been in pretty good form. So if if you want to go to him, uh, he should look good. I also like Webb too. I think, uh, you know, all these guys in this top tier are certainly in play. My preference are going to be Raman Thomas, but um, you can can get away with any of them if, if if it fits your roster construction. Look at that, people. Just keep paying attention. These guys are going to make you money. Joel, I'm going to ask you if you could turn your mic down just a little bit more. Um, you're, you're getting so excited, and uh, that's a good thing. We like that, um, but I appreciate you there, buddy. Uh, so, yeah, just again, Rom plus 625, Justin Thomas plus 775, Shoffley plus 850, Rory plus 1150, and Webb Simpson plus 1500. Let's move on to this 9K range. Starting to see some more fans. Some, some yeah, Ryan Palmer, nine two. My goodness. Joel, we'll start with you. What are you liking from this nine K range? It's kind of small, it feels like. Matsuyama, Burger, M, English, Palmer, and uh Scheffler and Zalatoris. I hear a lot of people on Zalatoris this week. how are you feeling about it? So um I, I'm I'm actually am finding it interesting because there's a couple surprises in here. Uh I'm surprised Scheffler is still in the nine K range just because he hasn't been playing very well. Um Zalatoris now being here, like, listen, Zalatoris is like, to me, like would have been a great play this week had, in my opinion, he'd been priced appropriately in the 8,000s. Um, I just look at this as a little bit overpriced. I'm not going to completely fade him because he's playing really well and just you want to get guys who are in good form, which he is. Um, but it, it, I think there's a lot of excitement around him. He's a young and up-and-coming guy. People want to get behind him, and it feels like we're a little overplaying his young and up-and-comingness. Like, he still has to prove it. Uh, so for that reason, it's hard to put too much exposure to him at, at this price. I think my favorite plays here um, are going to be Berger and M. Um, and Matsuyama, Matsuyama, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Just Matsuyama feels, for his current form, a little overpriced. So I like him. I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I don't like him. I just wish he was five to $800 less, and that would have been a really nice play for him this week. So 
for me, my top plays are going to be um, Im, who we've seen been pretty consistent recently. Again, his iron play is is one of the best, um, and you know he can compete. So I, I like his price here. I think it, it's a fair number, and I really like Berger. I think Berger could be in that top tier. He's been, um, you know, he's had a really good course history here, and he's someone that you can definitely kind of mix and match with one of your Rom or Thomas plays, and then kind of make that the start of your stars and scrubs build. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, again, we like to look at the odds as well. And Daniel Berger, outside of that 10K, 11K range, he has the best odds at plus 1,700, which is ahead of Matsuyama, which is ahead of English, which is ahead of Sanjay M. Some of these guys are priced up higher, including uh, Matsuyama, and he has actually significantly better odds. Uh, Daniel Berger, plus 1,700. Matsuyama, plus 23. But Sanjay M, plus, 20, uh, plus 3,400 to win the tournament. So again, it doesn't tell the whole story but it's definitely something to pay attention to. Sia, what about you? What do you like about this 9K range? Yeah, I like Daniel Berger as well. His history here is good. His recent history is actually pretty good too. 7th at the Sony, 10th at the Century, 23rd at Mayakoba, which of course was before the break. And if you recall, early last year before the pandemic hit, Daniel Berger was flying really high. So we know he has the potential. Honestly, after the restart, he continued to be good for a couple tournaments, and then he sort of just faded away a little bit. But I think we might be catching Daniel Berger at the right time. I you know, his price is a little high as far as I'm concerned, but I, I think it's probably appropriate. And he's definitely going to be on my radar in this range. I'll definitely have plenty of shares. Other than that, I actually like the Sung JM call. He wasn't really in my initial look, but now that I and by the way, he mentioned Iron Play with Sung J. Just real quick, we don't we don't really have to go too much into this. I think last week you wanted to be good with the putter and good off the tee. And we didn't emphasize approach as much as we normally do. Well, this time approach really is what it's all about. Iron play. It's a second shot golf course. That's what it's really all about. So those, those approach numbers, which guys like Will Zalatoris are knocking out of the park, mind you a small sample size, but those are the numbers that I'm going to be focusing on primarily and then going to everything else from there. So it's great to be along off the tee here because the, the rough isn't super penal, but Again, approach is probably going to be a little bit more important than off the tee game. But in that 9K range, I like Will Zalatoris, but I agree. You know, we're chasing points at this point. We we saw something great last week. We we, we like the sound of the name. And I actually think that's a thing, by the way. It's pretty cool. We like the sound of the name. We like that this is an up-and-comer. Everybody wants to be on the up-and-comer first, right? So, you know, a lot of us were on him last week. You know, he's been good, actually, for, for quite some time now, at least like six months. But he is a little high in price. I mean, I almost prefer him more for a cash game than, than a GPP. Outside of that, I don't really like anybody in this range. I'm not going to be on Harris English. Palmer, honestly, I'm the president of the fan club, but in 9,200, last time he was 9,200 was two weeks ago, and it was too high, and I think he missed the cut that week. Um, or at least he didn't finish very well. He was like 40th or something like that. So I love Ryan Palmer's game, but this is a touch too high for me, so not for me this week. Will Zalatoris has seven PGA events and has a top 10 in one, two, three, four of them. He missed the cut in one, tied 16 at Bermuda, and tied 52 at Mayakoba. The dude balls. Uh, shout out to him. Well, yes, I well. don't want to take credit away from him because that's really hard to do that. And so the definitely field. not. Yeah, the fields weren't. He's had a couple weak fields that he's been getting in. This field has all the top dogs. So it's, yeah. it's going to look a little different for him. 100%. Totally agree. It's still, hey, like. Ryan Palmer's not going out there in those fields and getting those top 10. So you got to credit where credit is right. due. You're 100% exactly. right. And I have yeah. to ask, where is your milkshake from? <laughs> Are you guys familiar with Bear Burger? Yes. No. Yeah. It's a uh, Northeast see. thing, Sia. You're yeah. good. Get right. some yeah. snow and we'll talk about it. <laughs> I don't know what snow is. Down yeah. here, snow is cocaine. 
Hey, <laughs> let's go Miami, baby. That's what we do in Miami. Uh, Will Zalatoris plus 4,500. He is tied with Ryan Palmer, Louis Ustazen, and Billy Horschel. Not the best group of guys to be dealing with, but hey, it is what it is. Um, Sia, let's let's hop to you because I know I read your article today. Uh, you don't really like too, too many guys in this 8K range much. So I, I know there's one guy in particular, but I guess what is it about this range or is it more of that stars and scrub build that you're just kind of fading this area? Talk to me a little bit. Yeah, it's not it's not a it's not because of a stars and scrubs build, but maybe it'll end up being like that. I, honestly, I like so many guys in the seven K range that I think are the talent level of the guys in the eight K range, and I just think there's so many arguments against a lot of these guys in the eight K range. I mean, you know, Bubba has good course history there. I won't argue with anybody that wants to take him. He's also his recent history is good too. Maybe I'll have a couple shares, but I'm generally not a Bubba guy, and I, I don't trust that he can do it for four rounds. So that's probably not for me. Matthew Wolf's form has been pretty terrible, and he, he withdrew last week because of an alleged hand injury. Honestly, even if he just withdrew because he was having a, a bad couple days, I just still don't like his form. He's been terrible off the tee. That's his big weapon, and his approach hasn't been much better either. There's really nobody in here that presents value to me, and Brooks Kepka, like, give me a break at this point. There's really nobody that pr- presents value to me other than Russell Henley, who, by the way, hasn't been very good here, or he hasn't been very good here, and his recent history hasn't been very good. It's very up and down, but Strokes gained approach, Russell Henley has been fantastic. And so if he can get that part of his game going, he should be a guy that way exceeds his 8,200 bill here. So uh, Russell Henley's really the only guy I like. I would say Siwoo Kim. Um, you know, I have a soft spot for him. He won me some money, but he hasn't been very good here. So I might have a couple sort of contrarian shares of him. But again, this 8K range, I'm largely fading. I love it. Uh, Joel, do you have anybody in this 8K range that you're – little interest a little more interesting just a couple but for the most part i'm not too thrilled about this range there's a couple guys that 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 i do like Uh, the first person i I just think it's a good conversation point for the show um i'm not going to play too much of them but when i first started looking at the field my first instinct was this is finally going to be the week to play ricky fowler like sia said earlier i was like this is it he looks good course history here is good and then reality set in and i started thinking about it's still ricky fowler and he's bound to let you down and uh and i kind of came off of him you know heading into the show so um you know i might i probably will end up having a few shares of him in my lineups before you know the weekends but definitely not gonna go heavy just because i just can't i just can't get behind ricky fowler right now until he proves me uh, proves otherwise but as you guys know i overweight horse three and he has a really good history so if that's something you want to look at he's certainly fair but other than him i think my favorite play in this range is billy horschel um you know billy horschel has a Okay, history. I mean, he's makes the cut every every each year the last five years, tied for ninth last year, and although he missed the cut um, at the Farmers, but before that, we are looking a couple weeks back. He had a tied for seventh, tied for twenty fourth, and tied for fifth. So his form is there. I think Billy Horschel could be a under the radar play where you can kind of sneak him into some of your lineups. So he's probably my favorite play in this range. And then uh, I, I'm with Sia, probably the same feelings about Bubba. Bubba's kind of a wild card, um, not a cash recommendation. But if you're playing GPPs, like, you know he has that top five upside, which you need to win these tournaments. So he's definitely in the, the mix for a GPP if you're building those lineups. But not for the smaller cash single entry things. I don't think I would play him as much. And wild by the way, card. real quick on Ricky Fowler. So the, m- mainly the reason that we haven't been on him for so long. I mean, he's obviously he's sort of been bad everywhere, including the putter. But he's also been bad with his irons off the tee and all that stuff. Well, the one thing, the reason why I might be on him in a couple lineups this week is because his approach game has actually been really good. Uh, it was even good last week. He, he just mysteriously lost a lot of strokes with the putter. So 
if that's the formula where Ricky Fowler is losing, we know historically he's been really good with the putter. So I expect him to actually turn the putter game around. So if he continues with the approach, you know, as well as he, he's been hitting it in, you know, recently, and if the putter turns around even a little bit, he becomes a viable play at this price. So while I don't like him, I, I got to admit, let's say I'm doing 20 lineups, he'll be in, you know, 10% of them. He'll be in two of those lineups, maybe three, because I think it's one of those, like, maybe we're getting Ricky early. You know what I mean? And I, I listen, I'm, you know, I treat, I put Ricky in the Jordan Spieth column. I always do, but Ricky's shown me a little bit more lately. So I'm, I'm willing to take a couple chances on him. That is actually what I was going to say to Joel. Joel always likes to be a week before um, a player really pops. And this is the opportunity you can marry two of the things you love the most, getting him a week before and course history, right? This was the perfect marriage for Joel. Yeah. And he just talked himself out of it. Hopefully you play him in one or two lineups, just a couple. Just a couple. See what happens. Well, of course, they're going to go south and they're going to be a waste of money. But hey, it's still worth a shot, right? So, yeah, you know, go ahead. I was going to say, you know what happens when you do that? What happens is the one or two lineups that he ends up getting in are the ones that have five other golfers that yep. are the perfect picks and he misses the cut and you want to shoot yep. yourself. That's how that works. Uh, so that happened to me last week because I said on the show, you know, I said, I don't want to be early on, you know, Woodland. I said that. And, you know, he was he was actually pretty good. I think he faded really hard on Sunday. But I did say I wanted to be early on Jason Day and that completely bit me and i i see what where is he in this range is he in the set oh wow he's in the 7k range that's crazy so uh yeah being early is you know it's it's really great sometimes and it's really terrible you know the other half goes both ways it always goes both ways so that was an easy 8k range nothing too crazy there seems like you guys are relatively fading it um joel let's start with you what about this 7k range starting off with max homa last couple weeks did you see i texted c i was like holy shit did you see him hole out on 18 for eagle that was awesome because i was sitting in a room with my father-in-law you know we don't have too much to talk about other than Oh, did you see that? That was pretty cool. So uh, that was a lot of fun. So, so talk to me, Joel. What are you liking from uh, from the seven K range? No, I think I think Homa is in play for sure. I mean, there's not a lot not to like about Homa, to be honest. So you know, if you want to start with course history, tied for six last year, tied for twenty six in twenty nineteen. That's the only data we have on his history. So both good. And then you want to look at current form. Um, tied for eighteenth, tied for twenty first, tied for twelfth. So. At this price, he's doing what he, you need him to do. He's in good form. Um, there's nothing not to like about Homer this week. He's definitely going to be in my in my player pool. Um, definitely someone that I'm going to be targeting in, in my builds. I think there's a. I think Sia made a good point earlier. This whole range just seems like there's equal value to the eight thousand range. So, like I said, we're going to need the stars. So it's going to be hard to not kind of bust these guys in to, to make your roster construction work. So. Um, I think, yeah, it, it starts with Homa. And then, you know, as we go down, Carlos Ortiz, another guy um, who's been in great form. Like, this guy has been playing really well for the last two months. So, I mean, it's it's a long enough time where I just feel like he's playing above this price. And his course history is good. I mean, it's fine. It's it's not bad. It's not, you know, nothing to write home about. Tied for 25th last year. You know, he only he missed the cut five years ago, but um, he usually makes the cut. And he's, but he's just playing a lot better now than he has in the past. So he's an up-and-coming guy that, that's definitely on my radar. Will also be playing a good amount of this week. Um, I think Jason Day, this is a spot where I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Look, he, he disappointed us. He disappointed us. But that, listen, that's how, that's how you get – that's how you – that's what makes the difference in tournaments. People are now going to say – he disappointed me. I don't want to play him. His price came down. Well, now that gives you two edges, right? A guy who's 
probably normally $1,000 more expensive. You're getting $1,000 cheaper. Less people are going to play him because he did it disappointed last week. Of course, he could let me down again, but these are two big plays where in a GPP, I'll take those edges where, where I can get them. So I actually like Jason Day a lot this week. I'm going back to the well. Um, I think that's I think it's going to be a good way to get different. Um, and he, he's shown that, you know, He's inconsistent, which for the purpose of this is good because his inconsistency means he was bad last week. He can show back up today. He doesn't need to show a string of events to to be um, to be able to cash. Uh, a fun play, as everyone knows, I, I mention him all the time. Henrik Norlander is like a my guy. Like I love Norlander. He's won me money a bunch in the past. See, it texted me as soon as the line came out, and he was like, "Norlander's at what was it, 125 to one?" Like yeah. just to give you a ticket. I didn't. I hadn't even started looking at the field yet. I immediately put the bet in. I was like, "Good, love it." If if you're gonna text me as soon as the lines come out about Henrik Norlander and he wins and I don't have the bet, that's the worst case scenario. So now I have to have it. I was locked in as soon as I got text. So I like him again today. You know, not too much of a history to go off of. Actually, let me correct that. There is no history to go off of, but um, his current form is really good. So. Um, this is a guy that is the opposite. He is streaky, right? He gets hot streaks. He does really well, and then he gets cools off, and it's, it kind of goes a chunks at a time. I think he's in that hot streak right now. You know, he's also a guy that would normally be probably five to six hundred dollars cheaper. So there's a reason they're pricing him up. People know that is uh, he's playing well. I'd be interested to see what his ownership looks like uh, before Thursday. Um, I wouldn't imagine it to be too high. If it is, maybe I'll make come off him a little bit. But as long as it stays under 10%, he'll be someone that, that I'll be definitely going to uh, this week. And then do you want me to stop it at 7,500 and then break up? It's a little bit of a big, big portion yeah, here. Yeah, let's hop over to Sia for a second. Um, one, Actually, there was one Hendrick Norlander. That's pretty sweet. Uh, Jason Day, 85 to 1. Max Homa, 7K. Not Yeah, it's at 70 to 1. So plus 7,000. So there's some numbers. Maybe these guys will show up a little bit later on in the show. I don't know. I don't By know. the way, Henrik Norlander is going to be, if you were talking about him from an ownership standpoint, he is going to be over 10%. He's actually tracking closer to like 15% because wow. I think people are seeing what you're seeing. Or yeah. frankly, people are finally seeing what you saw like three months ago, maybe yep. four months ago, because I got to say, like, I, you know, I, I'm always patting myself on the back for stuff, but you were the one that was on Norlander before anybody. And you weren't just on him for like a week. You kept like sort of like pounding the drum, like, Hey, this guy is really good. And now people are kind of like, he's not been priced up yet, but people are kind of finding out about him. And who knows, like all of a sudden, maybe at this time next year, he's going to be part of like the Ryan Palmer conversation, if not better from a, from a pricing standpoint. So I like Norlander in spite of the ownership percentage. I'm not going to like lock button him by any means because he's still Henrik Norlander at the end of the day, but he's been hitting the ball so well. So in in the 7,500 to like 7,900 range, he's probably one of my top guys. Corey Connors is another guy. And frankly, Corey Connors is also going to be chalky here. He's probably going to be in excess of 15% or at least right around 15%. So maybe a better cash game than a GPP play, but Corey Connors ball striking, which is what we're looking for here, both off the tee and particularly on approach, Corey Connors is lights out. He's team no putt, just like guys like Ben on and Emiliano Grillo and some of these other guys, um, Hideki at times, but I'm still going to just like take the gamble on Corey Connors. There's another guy I'm really starting to like though. And he's not like a household name by any means before the break. He was, he was pretty good. He 46th at Mayakoba, 18th at the RSM. After the break, second at Sony and 16th at American Express. More importantly, I tracked his approach numbers just the last like four tournaments. So handful of rounds, like 14 to 16 rounds. And well, actually, I should say it's 16 because he made all those cuts. 
And his approach numbers were pretty fantastic. And his putting was good. His off the tee was pretty good. I'm finally going to give you the punchline. His name, believe it or not, is Chris Kirk. Mm. Chris Kirk has been playing really good golf. He was sort of out of golf for a while. He had some personal issues to deal with. But since he's been back, he's just been kind of like chipping away, no pun intended. And all of a sudden, he's sitting here at 7,500. He's going to be under 10% owned. And I think he's the type of guy that like could end up on a Sunday afternoon, you know, battling for, you know, a top five, if not an outright, I'm not, I'm not calling my shot there. Wait for it. End of the show. I will, I will tell you my outrights in my first round leaders and he might be involved in a head to head play. But honestly, I think Chris Kirk, speaking of getting somebody early, I think this is a name people are going to be like, damn, I should have been on this guy. So I'm going to be loading up on him a little bit. Listen to that people loading up. I also just want to point out Joe S guy. Henry Higgs, the next Norlander. I call it, <laughs> Joe and I will take credit for that one. Joe, you, you're on my team there, buddy. I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll follow you to the end of the earth on that one. Um, all right, Joel, let's let's hop back to you. Seventy four hundred. There's some names we know. Uh, Brendan Steele. I was listening to a uh, podcast earlier today, and they were slobbing all over him. I, I don't know if you like him as much, but they were loving that guy. How do you feel about him and the rest of that seven K range? So I stopped at the 7,500 on purpose because there was a play that I was slow playing that I wanted to make a big deal about. Um, You know, this is a guy that's to me is a no brainer this week, right? Like most underrated golfer, like great form. Can I guess? You you don't want to guess. Trust me. Oh, okay. So I'm going to be wrong. Okay. fine. (laughs) It's Jordan Spieth. And that's a total. That is a total joke. Do not play Jordan Jordan Spieth by any means. He's horrible. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was. I had to have a little fun with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, we, as everyone knows who does listen to our show with regularity, we are true Jordan Spieth haters at this point. Not. Because we don't like him because he's really yeah. bad at golf and we don't want to lose our money. That's really the reason behind it. And, you know, I wish he could play like he did five years ago or three years ago when he was. He was. He used to be good. Uh, but that's that ship has sailed a long time ago. So um, on guys that we can actually play this week and make money on, um, do I like Brandon Steele? Um no, he's not going to be someone that's like a major play, but I don't dislike him. I'm not going to fade him. He's not going to be zero exposure on my lineups, but uh, I don't think he's a preferred target. He's, uh, you know, in the last two years here, he missed the cup, but he does have a good history before that. And he is a guy that we've seen who like, you know, had like, you know, did well at a course years ago and then came back and revived and his career kind of goes up, up and down. So uh, I don't, I wouldn't be mad at you for playing him. He's not, he's not on my, on my radar too much this week. Uh, who is a, two guys on, on this range who I'm really like, one of my favorite plays is uh, Benny Ann. Um, Benny's the, one of those guys in our, you know, we have like the family of DFS scores that we target, which used to be Palmer, who's now priced out of it. So he no longer gets to be in that family. But Joel Dahman, um, you know, Jason Cockrack, he, Benny Ann's in that, right? He is one of those guys. And um, it's not just that this week. You know, if you want to look at his course history, for golfers below 7,500, we're not a lot to like down here, right? It's it's slim picking. So he's a guy who does have a good course history. He had tied for ninth last year, tied for 20th, tied for 23rd and 6th. So that's going to be probably elite from the 75 and below range. Um, and then in addition to that, his recent forms there, I mean, he was tied for 75th, you know, last week, which is not good. But tied for 8th the week before that, it's a, it's a mixed bag. You know, when you're playing Benny Yen, you're making a gamble. It's the same thing this week. Um, but... But with that being said, he scores when he does do well. He scores really well. So the difference between him and some other guys in this range is, um, he, he he's not a cash play. You're not looking for consistency, but he gives you that ceiling that you need to hit on a big tournament. 
I think uh, Rory Sabatini is a good play. You know, he's not going to come through in, in course history here, but his recent form is can't be argued. And he's he's just a good golfer. I mean, he's consistent. He's a guy that you know you can rely on more than some of the other guys in this range. So if if you're looking to just build out lineups, he's he's he can be a solid play to fill out. And a context to add when thinking about roster construction, it's going to be really tough. Like I really don't like a lot of guys in the six K range. So I'm going to try and, and like I said, we want to be as kind of stars and scrubs as we can. So it's going to be a lot of these low seven range along with our stars and how we can fit in. So you really are going to want to cram into this range because it's, it's hard to find some good value uh, below that. So I'm just going to start kind of listing off some other guys and some, some of the targets uh, that I'm looking at. I think Russell Knox is a really good play. He slowed down a little bit recently, but his recent form, I would say overall is pretty strong over the last two months and his tournament history is good. So He's probably one of my uh, higher targeted guys. Definitely going to be a, a strong guy player in my player pool. Um, I think Adam Long, if you want to put him in some of your lines, is, is a perfectly fair play. You might, you know, his recent form is, you know, if you want to go back two or three months, good. Um, he hasn't done too much recently, so it's hard to to kind of put, base too much off of that. Martin Laird is definitely a good play. I like him a lot here. Um, he's been playing well. His course history is good. You know, he seems like a really good fit building on our lineups. Ches Reeve, I go. I'm going back and forth on his course history. Says good. His recent form says bad. Um, he's normally a guy that, that I like, so I'm going to put him back in the pool. Um, my, my overall recommendation on Reeve is probably in. Like I like him, but don't overexpose. Maybe 10, 15 percent. Um, and then I'll, I'll round it out with. Uh, we'll go back to. Oh, well, I'm going back into the six year range. So I'll pause there. Sorry. Perfect. Yeah. No. And I think again, you know, as Joel said, it's it's a it's a stars and scrubs lineup. So you're going to have to get some of these low seven k guys, which is always why we think you should play Jordan Spieth. All right, Sia. What about you? Bottom half of the seven k range. How you think, Joel? That was great. <laughs> what if they started the podcast right now? Then they're going to be like, I'm turning this off. Like, uh, <laughs> hey man, that's on them. They're missing out on all the fun. S guy, tell them to stick around. It is it is it is interesting that Spieth is seventy five hundred only only in the sense of at, if he if he stays on this track and we've seen some improvement but you know in six months is he going to be like sixty eight hundred I mean is that what we're going to see and by the way Brooks Kepka who's like grossly overpriced even at like eighty eight hundred or whatever he is like we're, I mean at his rate are we going to start seeing him at like eighty two hundred eighty one hundred like it's certainly possible right. I think they absolutely should be. Why? Like, because they used to be good means they have to stay at that price. Put them where they are. If they're not playing well. They should be priced that way. And then it makes it interesting, right? Now, because then it makes people want to play them and makes it more of an interesting job. When you overprice guys like this, no one's playing them. And it just kind of eliminates them from the pool. And it, it, I think it takes the fun out of it. I would rather, if, if Jordan Smith was 6,500, I'd consider it, right? At that point, it's like, in that point, it's like, all right, well, he's so cheap that, like, sure, he's capable of, of getting into the mix. Maybe I'll put him into my Stars and Scrubs lineups. Well, that was like Phil a couple weeks ago, right? At 8,800, we all, like, just kind of collectively laughed. It's like, well, you could just take that guy out of the field. And someone yeah, but, ended up playing Phil, and it was a joke. But, like, what the but you, but you know what, though? I'm looking at ownership percentages, and I'm looking at Brooks Kepka at 8,800, 8%. Of the DFS world, who's playing this tournament likes Brooks Kepka. So as much as we say, "Hey, why are you doing this?" Like, good news, guys. One tenth of the field still believes in Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at Speed's numbers, but I, I guarantee you, at that price, he's probably tracking right around eight percent as well. So almost one tenth of the field believes in Jordan Speed. So I mean, these are you know ultimately, I see what you're saying, Joel. But I'll, you know, these are kind of good things because mm-hmm. those quote household names, right. you know, some some like heavy players still believe in them, and some of the casual players that are playing these 
these tournaments with us that are not subscribers of Win Daily are going to just be like, oh, I've heard of that guy. I think he did really well and won a couple majors a couple years ago. He must still be good. So it does inure to our benefit. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to work in the word inure to a podcast. I don't know what the word yeah, means. I-N-U-R-E. So. Look it up. I don't know what it means. Windailysports.com backslash chat. Find out what inure means. A little later tonight, everybody. Got so listen, I'll, uh, I'll round out that 7K range. I agree with Joel. There's a lot of players here that you can use. And, and I want to be real careful because I don't want to fall in love with every player here and then have like three, you know, three of your six miss the cut. But there's a lot of really good value here. I'm going to be really quick down the list, though. So Adam Hadwin, who was one of Joel's guys the last couple of weeks, I think he's a fine play here. His, his course history here is, is pretty good. His recent history is pretty good. Roy Sabatini, I agree with. It's funny when you look at his metrics, like they don't, he doesn't really grade out super well in any of the strokes, strokes gain categories, but he always puts it together and he always ends up being the better of the two Rory's. And, and I say always, I say it facetiously to some degree, but oftentimes he's the better of the two Rory's from a finishing place standpoint, including last week, by the way, I'm pretty sure. So I like Roy Sabatini a lot. I'm team Emiliano Grio. I don't love him this week. His course history here isn't great. And recent history, I mean, he missed the cut last week and and the tournaments before that. He made cuts, but he wasn't that good. Frankly, he hasn't been good since before the break. At Mayakoba, he finished eighth. At the RSM, he finished 18th. But again, I believe in his ball striking, so I won't be overweight on him, but I'll have a couple shares of him. Luke List is interesting. He's playing really well. I don't know that this is the course for him, but if I'm doing 20 lineups, is he going to be in at least one of them? Yeah. Is he going to be in like two or three? Maybe. I'm not really sure. I haven't. I haven't really figured out Luke List yet. I was on him last week, and that obviously play, paid off. Here's a couple. I, I skipped ahead. over List, but I, I, now that you mentioned him, I do like List a lot. So he definitely will be in my field. Um, sorry, I missed him, but yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. on List. Uh, well, Luke List was in both of Joel's lineups last week that hit yeah. first and second. So for seven, little yeah. biased guys. Little oh, I, I, I put List in fifty percent of my lineups last week I, on it. Sunday. So I, I liked him a lot, out. and I still like it. Did obviously, yeah, and it worked out. <laughs> That's crazy. That's awesome. No, so only a couple other guys I like in the 7K range. Michael Thompson has been really good. I mean, just look at his recent history. He's had four top 25s in his last four tournaments. He's been really good on approach. He usually loses off the tee. That might hurt him a little bit here, but it's not going to hurt him a lot. He's just one of those guys. It's just one of those boring names that people just don't pay much attention to, which, by the way, is why he's less than 5% owned and will be less than 5% owned by Showtime. But regardless, I think Michael Thompson is a very sneaky kind of under-the-radar play. He'll continue to be under the radar. Sepp Straka I like a little bit, but the the guy I want to point out, and I don't know if Joel mentioned him. I know he's a big fan of him. He might be featured in my first-round leader portion of the show, which will be in about probably 10, 15 minutes. Sebastian Munoz at 7,100. Listen, I mean, he's just one of those guys that he's just a flat-out score. I mean, he can absolutely tank your lineup, but this is the 7,100 range. Like, you shouldn't really be complaining about that. You should be kind of focused on the upside and the potential when you get into this range. I will admit there's a couple safer plays. Like, Michael Thompson would be a safer player than Sebastian Munoz. Maybe Adam Hadwin would be a safer play. Maybe John Hull would be a safer play. But Sebastian Munoz is the type of guy that, if he's really good for three or four days, can absolutely vault your lineup to from you know two thousandth place to to like you know fifth place he's just one of those guys so i think we might be looking at a, at a misprice here we talked about him a lot um on yesterday's show when, when i was on with uh greg ducharme and and, and rick game and you know my my two best friends basically uh but no that that, that was uh, the first scott podcast sometimes you can catch me there on monday by the way but uh yeah we were talking about him a lot i, I think he's a sneaky play he's not over owned it's not like people are like oh man i gotta grab sebastian munoz so he'll be well under 10 percent, and i think he's a, a smart play 
And don't forget, Munoz, well, I don't know how long, a month ago, a month and a half, was 8,800, 9,000. Like, he was hot. They priced him up. Like, this is a guy, that's not too long ago. Like, this was a guy that was in an elite price category that's now coming to a very affordable range. I think that's a really good GPP play. Yeah, I mean, take, go ahead. Go. No, 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 no. Just say, to, to be clear, like, you're right. Uh, he and and when he was priced that high, he started to fade. Like he he missed a couple cuts in a row before we had the break. But when we got back from the break, 17th at the Century Tournament of Champions, it's not great. Uh, 65th at the Sony, but he hasn't played since then. And you know, it, he wasn't terrible. He was making cuts, but like we know what his upside is. So again, I'm not going to have a ton of shares of him, but I, I just really think the upside is there with Munoz. Love it. All right, Joel, take us away. What's in the? What, what do you like? I know you said 6K range isn't your favorite, so you got a couple plays there for the people. <laughs> Yeah, I think the first thing – so there's a, a few interesting names in this 6K range that I think are a little surprising as why they're down here. It's We're going to stay at the top of this range. I think getting below 6,500 is not much there. It's going to be a real t- tough gamble. But over here, there's a few of the guys that I think got a little disrespected with their price. So let's go over who they are. Um, so in terms of just the, the price alone – Harold Varner is a guy that's usually not in the 6K range. Now, he hasn't been doing much, so I guess they're price adjusting him. But here's a guy that is typically really long, which should help him here. Um, and we've seen him have the ability to you know, put up some top 10s in, in the past year. Like he, He's kind of recognized as an up-and-comer, and then he'll have a couple bad rounds. People stop talking about him. So he's definitely a, a GPP play, not a cash play, but someone I definitely like to look at in some bigger fields. You know, As always – uh, Joel Dahman, if he's in a field, he's in our list. Like no matter what, he's just he's capable of doing things that you know. The same type of idea, right? We're not giving you cash strategies. We know his upside is greater than most other guys in this range. So if you're going for the big ticket, he's a guy that you want to maybe uh, punch into your lineup because you know he, the upside is there with him. Um, a guy I just I think it's probably more just a personal bias because I like him. I mentioned him last week. Um, Dylan Fratelli, right? Dylan Fratelli. We've seen pop in a few spots. Again, his upside is there. Um, he's 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 inconsistent. You know, his recent form is nothing to write home about. His course history here is nothing to write home about. But he's a good he's a good golfer, and you know we saw him like show up at the what was it the Masters recently, uh, where he I think he had a top. 15 or 20 finish. So um, this is definitely a guy that I think if you're getting, we're getting into the 6K range, right? It's hard to say, oh, we're going to get top 10 course history or, or recent form rate. There's a reason these guys are down here. So he's just a better golfer than I think the range is, is dictating. Um, and then who I, who I almost was going to mention last time was James Hahn. So James Hahn does have a good course history here. Um, he's missed the cut once in the last five years. He's a tied for 11th, tied for 17th, tied for 25th. So for this price range, that's going to be really, really strong. And then uh, his recent form is, is you know, okay. You know, he missed the cut last week, but tied for 32 the week before that, tied for 41. Um, I think he's another guy that that can get you, you know, allow you to build those stars and scrubs lineups. For a guy like him, if, if you get two top five guys at the top and he gets you into 25th or 30th, that should be enough for you to, to for definitely to make money this week. Um a staple. I mean, I don't even know if I need to mention him anymore. It's obvious we're playing Harry Higgs, right? Like, duh. That's <laughs> a golden boy. Yeah, that's an easy one. So everyone knows we're on him. But in all seriousness, I mean, he was tied for 25th here last year. Um, and, you know, his recent form, he's, he's coming up. I mean, he made the cut last week. Again, any guys who are consistently making the cut in the 6K range is, is good. He got 32nd at the Sony two, a couple weeks ago. So he is. I think he's 
I make jokes about him because, you know, we always have fun with him. But in all seriousness, he is a good play. I mean, he's in the 6K range. It's hard to find a lot of value here, and he is a value of a guy that I actually think he's more of a probably a cash play also where he's – I think if you fit him in, you can get some of your stars, and he'll probably make the guy – I'm not sure if, if he'll get enough value in a GPP, but I feel good about him in the smaller kind of pool tournaments. And then the last guy down down here for now that one, I guess – Just one joke. I'm sorry about I'm, – I'm not sure you can fit him into anything. So <laughs> that was a good. See, that's a good one. See, that was, we love him. Come on the pod, Henry Harry. <laughs> I mean, we may have had a chance early on. Now there's no chance he's going to be on our podcast. He's not going to listen back to all of this. We're just going to tell him how much we love him, and S guy is going to back us up on that, aren't you, S guy? Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you. Good point. Very fair. Um, so the the last couple guys I want to just touch on. I I don't love Redmond this week, but. I think it's a little odd seeing him at 6,600, right? Like this is a real come down like this. He was getting up to the high eights within two months ago. And now it's 6,600. I think it's just a, a price discrepancy play. And it's a very fair one because would I be shocked if he put it together this week and got us in the top 25? Not at all. Uh, and at 6,600, I think it's a good value. So again, I'm not going to overexpose myself to him because he could very easily miss the cut, but uh, definitely will have some shares just for roster building purposes and his, his ceiling at, at this price. And then an interesting play who, who I like uh, quite a bit this week is Bo Hogue. Um, you know, he doesn't have too much of a course history to go off here, but his recent form is really good. I mean, last week he was tied for 18th, the week before he tied for 16th, missed the cut 23rd and 30th. So that's four top 30s in the last five tournaments for a guy in the 6,700 range. That's really strong. So I'm actually going to be one of my uh, one of my, be- my favorite plays in the 6K range. I really do just want to point out, though, that you, you stop him at that top 30, but then it's cut, cut, cut. Cut, cut the rest of the way down. So recent form is recent, so we'll give him that. And hey, maybe, maybe we can, uh, maybe we can figure that out. Shout out, Bo Hoax. So, um, coming up, six K range from Sia on Wednesday night. We are gonna have Sia Secret Weapon, which is now twenty seven and two. It's twenty seven and three because Scott Stallings couldn't putt last week and he missed by one stroke. Ah, fuck. All right, twenty seven and three. Screw you, Scott Stallings. You're not welcome on the podcast. Twenty-seven <laughs> and three, under six k, under under seven k, six k and six k range, under five percent owned. C is going to pick a golfer, and ninety uh, percent of the time, I think I did my math right. That golfer makes the cut, and random percentage of the time, the golfer actually does really well, and it's a high percentage of the time, like eighty percent of the time, that golfer actually does well, not just completely shits on the last two days. So very excited for that. You're not going to get that here. You all know that already. Make sure you hop in Discord, windailysports.com backslash chat. You get seven free days in the expert chat, and C is going to give you his secret weapon, which is always fun. Um, one thing I will say is the day C's secret weapon is Henry Higgs. I think I quit the show. I think I have to. I think it's 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 the pinnacle of the show. It's like when we had RG3 on. Like I don't think it can get any better and I might have to quit the show. So when that day comes, I'm going to miss you guys, but it's also going to be my favorite day ever. See, so yeah, other than your secret weapon, who else do you like in the 6K range? I've got good news for fans of Win oh. Daly and Michael Raziel specifically. Um, I've never had a share of Henry Harry Higgs ever, like literally in my life. Not yet. Not yet. And- and there is almost a zero percent chance that I will ever have him as the secret weapon. You it's know what? Just, just I want you to things. eat your words so bad. I well, can't wait. Harry Higgs also wants to eat my words, and that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> we got four days to walk here, guys. Oh goodness, that was good. That was good. That was good. That was good. 
Um, listen, okay, so let's let's go into that that um six K range. It's interesting because there's actually like more guys here that I like than normal. Like last week, I didn't like the six K range at all. I don't know that the week before I really. I know last week I didn't like it because I was having a problem finding a secret weapon. To be honest with you, and I finally settled on Stallings, who, by the way, ball striking was fine. He was good, but he just couldn't putt. It was just one of those things. There's always a handful of guys that you know are losing four strokes putting or something ridiculous like that, and unfortunately, he was one of them. So Cameron Tringali at 6,900, I actually like him. He's really good on approaches. History here sucks. So his, his ownership is going to be depressed, but I just really like how he's striking it. I really like his recent form. So I think Cameron Tringali, listen, we look at the 6K range and we're always like, oh, this is the 6K range. Like, be careful here. And I always say that too. But if I told you Cameron Tringali was 7,200, would you be surprised? No, I was surprised no. he was this low. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and, and that goes for a lot of these guys, like like what, that I'll talk about, Joel Dahman, Doc Redman. Like, if all three of those guys were like 7,300 and like 7,100, 7,200, you'd be like, oh, okay, that's reasonable. I, I, I kind of like them in that range. So you got to be careful. As much as we dissuade people from like diving into the 6K range, there are some guys that are 6K that you could look at. Look at their ball striking. Look at their recent form. Whatever you want to look at course history and you'd be like oh that that guy should probably be 7300 i wonder why he's 6900 and so don't be too focused on the the six in front of the number because there are some guys that honestly probably should be more like seven seventy one hundred and and to a lot of people like to, like if you think about it it's not a big difference but once you go to that next tier we see it in fantasy football and all this other stuff too we have guys grouped in tiers and you're like oh i want one of those first tier guys and it's like well the second tier, his projected number is like 0.1 lower than, than the guy in, in, in the tier above him. But you're not looking at that. You're just looking at the tier itself. So it's just something to consider. I think Tam Cameron Chingali is probably mispriced. I think James Hahn is a really smart play. He was kind of a hot commodity, I don't know, maybe like right before the break. And James Hahn, it was because of his ball striking. And he's just one of those guys that when he gets it rolling in that department, he's going to be really good, and he's definitely going to pay off his salary. It's just a matter of whether you want to take the chance. I think that's a worthy guy to take a chance on. Joel Dahman, I'm always going to be on him. He he kind of fits into that Sebastian Munoz category where it can all blow up in your face, but he can also win you a GPP. So it's one of those, like, you don't lock button these guys, but you definitely have a couple shares of them. And if you have them in the right lineup on the right tournament, then you are going to win a lot of money. And Joel Dahman has done that for me before. I don't think I'm going to be on HV3 as much as I like him. Um, and by the way, you, we already mentioned RG3, so I don't even need to do the weird reference for fans of the show. Um, a lot of inside jokes. The Henry Higgs, people are probably like, what the hell is he talking about? Who the about? fuck is Henry Higgs? <laughs> <laughs> watching the show to pick up on the inside jokes. We are like, we are like Levitard in the making, but we actually talk about sports. Yeah. Um, Kyle Stanley is interesting. Doc Redman, uh, you know, Joel already talked about. You're never going to see Doc Redman at a lower price. I promise you, you will never ever see Doc Redman at a lower price, uh, no matter the tournament. I, I genuinely believe, genuinely believe that. So this is the time to take him for sure. Um, a couple other guys, Scott Stallings, I kind of like, even though he let me down. I thought his ball striking was fine. If we go really low, really low, 6,300 range, because you're trying to like, you're in like an MME and you're trying to jam in two guys at the top. I think Robbie Shelton has been playing really good golf lately. And Will Gordon, we, we were on him last week. He was in my initial picks right up. You know, I only put like 12 guys on there and Will Gordon was one of them. He had a really nice finish on Sunday. I think he had a couple Eagles uh, on the tournament and uh, he, his finishing position wasn't great, but he scored you a, a decent amount of points. So if, if you want to go dumpster diving, I think he's good. I probably like Robbie Shelton better. There's another name I want to mention. He's 6,100. He was a Corn Ferry Tour monster with Will Zalatoris. And this is one of his first PGA events, if not his first one as a pro. 
and it's Davis Riley at 6,100. What you need to know about Davis Riley is he was very good on the Corn Ferry Tour. That is a very competitive tour. He and Will Zalatoris were 1-2 on that tour in 2020, and here he is finally in you know among the professionals, and at least on the Corn Ferry Tour, he was exhibiting the same type of potential that Will Zalatoris was exhibiting. So talk about being early on somebody. If you want to have a few shares of this guy and just surprise and shock the world, Davis Riley is your guy. Yes, Will Gordon. I remember uh, I watched Saturday. I think, as I said, and yeah, his his finishing position wasn't great, but he scored just seventy some DraftKings points. Which again, that's that's what we like to see. It doesn't matter how many bogeys you get; it matters how many birdies you have to offset all those bogeys. And that's how. What what is it, Joel? One of the first things you said. I'd rather have a guy have an even par day with nine birdies and nine bogeys than just nine straight pars. So, or eighteen straight pars. I think that's that's the important part. Also, shout out S guy. Henry Higgs won a money in a showdown a couple weeks ago. So you know what, Joel? Or you know what, Sia? I'm sorry, Joel. I didn't mean to do that. You, you, you could shut up. Um, it's, it's between me and Harry Henry Higgs. Henry Harry Higgs. All right. So we have betting to get to. show's been a little long, but we've had a lot of fun, shared a lot of laughs. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it with us. And we also, as you can see, are sponsored by Manscaped. So let's let's give Manscaped a little bit of a shout out. Valentine's Day is upon us, fellas. Make sure you're ready for whatever the night, wherever the night may take you. Second time I've done that today, so can't read. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming, are here to tell you that you need to use the best tools for the job so you can be ready for anything on that special Valentine's Day. Two million men are already trusting Manscaped to uh, to, to groom themselves to their boys. So hopefully you all out there are doing the same. Your girl can't think of what to get you this year. Tell her to get the gift that's for you and for her. Of course, she'll buy it for you then. best. The best way to get started is with the Manscaped Perfect Package. Get it? Perfect Package 3.0, full of the best products to keep you looking, smelling, and feeling nice. Perfect Package 3.0 is led by their revolutionary third-generation lawnmower 3.0. You guys already know about it. It has advanced skin-safe technology, so you don't cut yourself. It's also waterproof. It has that sweet light. We, you, I've talked about this enough. You guys all know about it. And let's be real. Sometimes sometimes you smell a little bit down there. And that's why I'm thankful that they sent me the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. These products keep your boys from sweating, smelling, and sticking to the side of your leg. And these products smell great. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood. If you know what I mean, happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with a pair of Manscaped boxers. See, you have the boxers. They're freaking fantastic. I'm sure you they like They are them. awesome. They're the shirt, absolutely fantastic. The shirt is awesome, too. Like, real quick, the, the material that Manscaped used, both on, on the actual lawnmower and like the clothing, it's like so premium. I mean, you are getting your money's worth when you buy this product in more ways than one. So I, I encourage everybody. All my friends that have done it and put in the Win Daily promo code, um, they all tell me like, oh, man, I'm so glad you told me about this. I, uh, I got a buddy of mine to get it the other night. Well, I told his fiance that he should really utilize it. And she said, yeah, he really should. So uh, promo code Windaily, 20% off. And with the perfect package, as I said, you get the you get a sweet pair of boxers. They're super, super comfy. But it also comes now with the refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. Smells absolutely fantastic. They just sent me some. I'm not like the biggest cologne guy, but I might be now. And this is the perfect package. For your perfect package, get 20% off from free shipping promo code WINDAILY at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping promo code WINDAILY at manscaped.com. One more time, that's 20% off with free shipping. Manscaped.com, use promo code WINDAILY. Your balls will thank you. And happy Valentine's Day, gentlemen. All right, 
So uh, I just, yes. Michael, I just figured out. I didn't know this. I just realized why Manscaped sponsors our show because they want to sponsor the perfect package, which is us on this show. Hey, oh. <laughs> that's so sweet. Oh, oh, sweet. S guy said he's in. S guy. Promo code WINDALY. Manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, we have a lineup. What's up, Charlie? Hopefully, hopefully I didn't scare you away. Xander, Zala, Harmon, Thompson, Grio, Norlander. What do you guys think? Joel, you go first. I want your opinion on this. Single entry. Single entry. I like it. That's a good lineup. Um, I'm, I'm probably not as high on Grio as uh, as Sia is, but other than that, I think uh, the rest of the lineup looks pretty good. Rock and roll. Yeah, and, and Harmon's not a guy that I, I'm ever really on, but I, I got to admit, he's a fine play. Uh, and yeah, Grio is, is a little risky because of his recent form, but again, it go, goes back to ball striking. If you want to do two lineups in that, it, well, it's a single entry, but if you want to do another lineup and you swap out Grio and Harmon and, and and play a couple other guys in that price range, you, you'll probably be looking pretty good as well. But but I like it as it stands. It's a good lineup. Rock and roll, Charlie. And I don't know who MD is. You coward. Use your name. But does Manscaped package come with a razor to shave that creepy mustache? It does. But I don't shave my balls with the same razor that I shave my mustache <laughs> with. I don't shave my mustache. So there, you got it. So, um, but, but to his point, in those cases, you just buy two Manscapes. And when you buy both, you put in the Win Daily code for both, the promo code, which is at the end, at the purchase portion, yep. right? Mm-hmm. And then you have one for both. There yeah. you go. And 20% off plus 20% off is like 40% off. So what? (laughs) Bang. Let's go. Holy cow. Let's get it. Let's get it. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's talk a little, uh, let's talk betting. So see the last two weeks, first round leader, Siwoo Kim outright winner, Siwoo Kim first round leader, Ryan Palmer. Um, almost, I think I told the story last week on the show, um, almost hit, what was it? Ryan Palmer and who did we have last week? It, it was, was two Cameron, courses. Two weeks ago, it was I, I had Siwoo Kim on one course and Cameron yeah. Tringali on the other course. Yes. Cameron almost Tringali was like one shot off down the stretch, and then it just he got passed. Yeah, we almost we 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 were allowed to parlay it because it's two different courses, and we were so close to turning one dollar into like thirteen hundred, which would have been sweet. But and, I'm but, still here for it. For the record, uh, last week I only had four outrights that I picked. One was Ryan Palmer, and I mm-hmm. think it was fifty five to one, and he was he was there he down was there. the stretch. The other one was Sam Burns at 95 to one. So if you had those two guys, you had a major sweat, at least maybe not on the back nine, because Sam Burns was kind of crashing and Ryan Palmer wasn't doing much. But I mean, you really had like a sweat going into Sunday. And, and those are great, too, because live bet you have live betting on all of these platforms. So if you want to kind of hedge and take a couple other guys, you know, you, you can do that even if the guys start fading. So something to think about. And I do want to say we're working on a golf model, like a very very extensive golf model right now. Um, got a couple guys on the team getting involved with it. And uh, we're we're not putting out the picks yet. They will be coming eventually, but we're still trying to fine-tune it. It's pretty damn fine-tuned because it did have Patrick Reed winning. So uh, all the guys in that sheet wow. uh, won a couple bucks. So goddamn. <laughs> you got to love Win Daily and you got to love betting on golf. All right, see ya. Let's start with you. Give me some outrights. All right, so let's see. How many do I have here? One, two, I have five. Okay, I'll give you the shortest. Listen, there's not a lot of value in betting the top guys. There just isn't. So while I like, you know, John Rahm or Xander to potentially win, uh, you know, even even guys in that second tier, I'm not a big fan of from an odds perspective. So I'll start at 34 to one. I don't even really like this guy from a DFS standpoint, but but I think this is good value. Sung JM is 34 to one. And I just think 
I I'm general I'm generally looking for like 50 to one and higher. And my next four picks will be in that range. But if we're gonna go somebody 50 to one or lower, I actually think Sung JM at 34 to one presents some value. But let's get like really interesting. Russell Henley, you know, he's 8,200 on DraftKings. He's 75 to one to win this tournament. Listen, he's not necessarily a closer, but he is really typically good on approach. And if he gets that game going with the putter, 75 to one, maybe he's there on Sunday. You never know. Corey Connors at 80 to one. We know he's super popular in DraftKings. We saw his ownership percentage. It's high. He's popular. He's a great ball striker. Shaky with the putter, but but if he gets hot, I think 80 to 1 presents value. <laughs> Henrik Norlander, 125 to 1. We already talked about it. Again, this guy, you know, was you know a top five. What, what did he end up finishing? Tied for second last week? I can't remember. But Henrik Norlander has presented a ton of upside, and we're not 100 percent sure whether it's capped or not. So 125 to 1. I know Joel's already on it. Actually, mysteriously haven't put it in yet on, on the site I use. Um, it's only 100 to 1, so I'm losing some value there, but whatever. Um, you know, I'll throw five bucks on it and have some fun. Ten bucks. We'll see. Okay, so <laughs> 175 to 1, Joel Dahman. I, I I cannot resist 175 to one with Joel Dahman. He, he he's the type of guy that can get hot in a flash, and I would love to have that sweat on Sunday, and I'd regret it if I didn't. So those are my five. I am so 175 to one. My God, I can't wait to win that one. Joel, talk to me. Uh, Norlander is already taken. Sorry, buddy. So you can't have him. Um, anybody <laughs> else that you're putting some outrights on? So I was actually I have a little I have a little thing that I've been thinking about for this for this. When you ask me this question, hear me out. So there's a few rules with betting that I like to abide by, right? They're usually ones that, that work well. The first one being, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but you know, you never leave the table when you're on a heater, right? You're hot, you stay, you play it out, right? 100%. Right now, right now, Sia's on a heater. Yeah. We're going to be riding Sia's plays. The first thing Sia did was text me Henrik Nortlander to win this tournament. So I thought about that. And you guys know me. Normally, like in these tournaments, you know, I like the conservative, like, give me top 30. Like, I just want to win. Forget all that. We're going to win. We're going for the throat. We're riding the hot streak. No more conservative bets. It's like your whole pool, whatever you're going to bet. If, you're, if your bucket for betting this week was 20 bucks, don't break it up five, five, five. No, take the full 20, put it on Nortlander to win the tournament, and cash. That's what we're doing this week. We're going all in on Henrik Norlander. That's it. There's one bet, and it's Henrik Norlander to win the tournament. I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, the track I mean, record supports it. That's it's true. It does. Say. Can we can we hit four bets three weeks in a row for golf? I mean, we, I mean we, that we, would just be. We'll, we'll know in a few days. God damn, I can't wait. All right, see ya. Um, you also have uh, Joel. Well, do you have any like just in case somebody wanted to put like two three bucks on like a top twenty, top thirty? Do you have any of those as well? I know you like those. You've been pretty good at them too. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, I know this is gonna be a little bit of surprise, a little different, but I would probably go with Henrik Norlander. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, and so I, I, I have the odds on it. He's one of three guys that I have as a top 20. So let me just get that out of the way. Henley plus 225. Um, Norlander plus 335. Again, this is top 20. So there's a pretty good odds there. And Michael Thompson at plus 500. And I just told you his last four tournaments, he's finished top 25. That doesn't mean he's going to finish top 20 this tournament. But at plus 500, a guy that's finished top 25 his last four tournaments, yeah, I'll probably invest in that. All right. And see ya. Break some goddamn. Well, oh, 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 sorry. I'll, I'll add one more thing. I was having fun, obviously making. I, I really am betting on it. I do think it's a good bet. I was obviously having some fun, but in all in all seriousness, I think part of the reason why I'm, I'm kind of saying it that way is because I I'm having a hard time reading this field. I think there's a lot of volatility. There's not a lot of guys that I'm like super confident in, like a top twenty-five or thirty. So like, if if I'm picking, feeling like I'm making a wager either way for a top twenty-five or thirty, then if it's a wager that I'm not like super confident about, then let's just put it all on a winner take all because. 
that's where we're going to get a max out. I'm not going to feel super confident either way. So that's really my thought process is I don't have a strong conviction on someone. I do like the Norlander bet. So if I'm if my budget for betting this week is fifty dollars, instead of risking it on a you know top twenty that might be plus one fifty, I'll just put it on one bet, and if it hits, then I'm going to be sitting pretty. If not, then it's okay. <laughs> I love it. I just I can't deny how much fun I have with these golf bets because don't really pay attention to them the first half of the day. Then you kind of look at the second half, and you're just like, oh. Here we go. We got like three dudes in contention, and that's when all <laughs> me and my buddies start texting each other. Um, and I love it. And and Stephen kind of ruined the uh, ruined the fun for us, but inert, accustomed to something. So that's cool. Learn something today. All right, see ya. Talk to uh, me. First, first round, round leaders. leaders. All right. So I'll give you the breaking news at the very end, but let me give you the first round leader. So Will Zalatoris at fifty to one. Um, I don't know if he can keep this up or what he did last week, but you know. 50 to one on a guy that's striking the ball pretty much better than anybody. The last, I don't know, four tournaments he's played, handful of tournament, a couple tournaments he's played. So 50 to one is reasonable there. Um, Sebastian Munoz and Joel Dahman are both 80 to one. So I, I, again, you know, it's 80 to one. It's a long shot, but those are the types of guys that are typically in the hunt when they're hot as a round one leader. I mean, and we've seen it kind of recently with both of them, at least in terms of being in the hunt. So Zalatoris at 50 to 1, Munoz and Dominic at 80 to 1, Davis Riley, super long shot at 200 to 1, just for fun. I talked about him. He's the Corn Ferry Tour guy. Michael Thompson at 100 to 1. I actually think that's a, a really good number on Michael Thompson for a first round leader. But here's the breaking news. Are you guys ready? Just give you a handful of guys for first round leaders. Zalatoris, Munoz, Dahman, Davis Riley. That's just like a super throwaway long shot. Honestly, I don't even really recommend that one, but like throw a dollar on it. But throw $3 on it just for fun. Um, Michael Thompson, 100 to 1, I really like uh, almost as much as I like or just as much as I like Munoz and Dahman. But here's the one I like the most. And here's the one that's going to hit as your first round leader. Finally, we don't have split courses. So this is like the legit first round leader for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. And this is a Tuesday night, fellas. I'm breaking this news now. 9-10, Tuesday night, Eastern Standard Time. That's right. Speaking of 9-10, Chris Kirk is your first round leader at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. You're welcome, America. You're welcome, America. See his yeah. new sound off. I like that. It's incredible. I love it. I'm. It's like... It's bad how confident I am, I think. Like, <laughs> and like, I just know one of the, I don't know which one it is, but one of them's going to hit and my bankroll is going to continue to I just to told up. you. It's going to um, be Chris Kirk. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe dominates at 175 to one, yeah. though. I, I mean, actually. Well, he's 80, he's 80 at the first round leader, but 175 yeah. to one to win the tournament. That's, That's what I mean. But in reality, I apologize. It's really Norlander at 125 to one. That's what I meant, Joel. So don't. No, Joel's frozen, actually, so that worked out really well. He can't get angry. Oh, he's back. He's back. He's back. Um, all right, gentlemen, this was fantastic as always. Everybody in the chat, hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did. Um, I love it. See ya. Where can everyone find you on the internet? I want to point out one other thing. If you're debating in that top range in DFS uh, between, like, let's say, Xander and Rory specifically, or Rory and anybody else, frankly, in the betting market on DraftKings, the head-to-head matchup between Xander and Rory McIlroy Xander is favored minus 134, Rory plus 105. So that wow. should kind of tell. Now, now, granted, Xander's, I think, $400 more expensive than Rory. So it's it's not like 
too shocking. But the fact that the juice is so heavy on Xander might tell you something about where sort of the betting market and, and the sports books think Rory's game is versus Xander's game, especially coming off last week. So something to consider. I meant to mention that earlier. I just I felt like that was an important piece since we were talking about those five elite guys. Where can they find me? So on Instagram at Sienajad Sports, but on Twitter, where I'm way more active, at Sienajad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D, and normally on SiriusXM too, but Michael, you're going to be doing both shows this week, yes. right? No, just one show, no Super Bowl show. Oh, they, uh, nope, just just Saturday, I'm taking your spot, we're going to have some fun, we're going to have a million goddamn prop bets, and I cannot wait, I'm going to take every single one of them, and because I won all these golf bets, I have the money to do it now, so it works out really well, so I'm 100% for it, uh, SiriusXM, Fantasy Sports Channel five to seven Saturday. Come hang out with me, Jason, and David Meltzer. Joel, where can um, where can everyone find you on the internet? I am at Draftmaster Flex everywhere on Twitter, on on Instagram. Uh, that is where you will find me and my picks. I love it. I love it. I love it. You can find me at Michael Raziel one again. You can find all of us in the Win Daily Sports Expert Chat. It's an instant messenger chat where we talk about sports and help you win money. WinDailySports.com backslash chat. Be on the lookout. We already have one article out. It is free. It is Sia's initial picks. Then we're going to have Antonio's article come out uh, uh, tomorrow. And Steven's article is going to come out late Sunday, around 730 usually. And that has just super, super hyper accurate numbers on what the ownership is for all these guys for the DFS side of it. So for Sia, for Joel, for the chat, for everyone over here at Wind Daily Sports, for big old fat Henry Harry Higgs, we all hope you make it a very profitable waste management. Phoenix Open. Sports. Sports.